Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Rusty Quill presents. Earlier this summer, Team Ostium had the chance to sit down and have a nice long chat. You'll get to hear from Georgia McKenzie, who performs the character Monica, Chris Fletcher, who performs the character Jake, and myself, Alex C. Tolander. I write and produce the show, and also do the voice of Dave slash Steve. In the second part of this special Behind the Ostium, we have a full-on Q&A session, as we attempt to answer fan questions, as well as some tricky ones I came up with to try and stump them. If you enjoy this chat, you should really consider becoming a patron of Ostium. For just $2 a month, you can get access to the entire Behind the Ostium series. We cover all of Season 1, as Dwayne and I talk about each episode. And right now, we're working through our world-building series. You'll also get access to all the Ostium files, with new ones coming, outtakes, and lots more. Plus, by supporting Ostium, you'll help fund the show and help pay our actors. You can find all this and more at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. That's enough of me. Here's the second part of our special Behind the Ostium with Team Ostium. So first, I'm going to steal a line from. I can't answer any questions on the grounds that might <laughs> cut it out later. <laughs> we won't cut anything out. I'm stealing this from uh, TuneInDial.net. We start the episode with a shining moment. Okay. Shining. So, Chris, what was your high point? Shining anything? moment. Anything? High point? Well, I guess you already kind of said your yesterday was your first day, whatever it was. But right. uh, high point of the year for you. When the two creepy uh, twin girls came out of it. <laughs> but, oh, no, not that kind of shining, <laughs> shining, shining moment. Uh, oh, yeah. I, well, the, the shining moment. The, the shining, shining, the yeah, shining yeah, moment. Yes, right. uh, shining moment would be. The. <laughs> yeah, end of, end of the school year, being able to uh, do whatever the heck I want for the next two and a half months and uh, being able to, you know. To do more to, stuff yeah, you like do to do. More I mean, stuff, nothing you didn't like school, but have the time to do. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting the uh, season five recorded and then uh, work on some music projects. And uh, I've got a friend who is coming to visit. We're going to write some songs together. So oh, cool. Looking is forward to that. Oh, um, there's Seth and Julia. Okay. So that maybe the three of us will get together and do a little reunion oh. of our college days. Do some band. performances yeah. at the market again? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when the last time you did some music? I haven't, I haven't done, uh, I haven't played live in a long time, but. Uh, well, just in general, like playing music and stuff, do you still do that every three chance? Or when I get a free 
chance, which means last summer was last time. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. well, at least you yeah. never forget. Right? No, yeah. Well, like, and you watch again on hankies for a new instrument. <laughs> um, my brother wants to write a song with a banjo in it. Oh, so, why? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's feeling that Mississippi. Yeah, it's a, tra- it's a train thing song, too, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So the weird thing is, in my life, I've been told now about five times I look like Steve Martin. And I, n- I was never told it until I was 20. <laughs> yeah. Way okay, yeah. And so, Not that I've met Steve Martin, but he seems like sure. I had totally dark hair. And I was, or is it because he's always performing with Martin Short? Ah. <laughs> Who is short? He really is. He really is. But so, he's tall, Steve Martin's tall than Martin Short, but not as tall as you. Right. <laughs> you just need the arrow through the head. But do you know how... Uh, how different it is with a banjo? How different compared it is? to guitar? Yes. Playing stuff. Yeah. It's, is, it, is it a lot? I don't know. I'm just asking. Oh, do I? Do I? Know yeah. That. Yeah. It's a uh, like yeah. if you have arthritis, you're screwed. Or <laughs> 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 a lot of <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the right work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to get that technique down, but I think that would be fun to to pick that up. I used to try to get a new instrument every year on so my birthday. Saxophone, yeah. saxophone days. I mean, yeah. Saxophone. Where he's like, hey, look, I love a saxophone. And he played yeah. Careless Whisper. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think you even sent me a recording. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See, I've thought about getting back to the clarinet. Yeah. Um, and then Matt got like an electric piano. Oh, okay. a keyboard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it is a keyboard, but it's a full 88. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, I was thinking, hmm, I could pick up piano again. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, George, you don't do enough. Yeah, you need to do some more right. hobbies. All that free time you have, yeah. you're getting paid so much. You might as well use it for something. <laughs> Just stop. Just... All right. So, what's your shiny? Shiny moment. Uh, well, you read the first script for yes. Kelly, yeah. Which was, uh, so, where's that? We are at script three. I'm well behind because I was so busy working. Right. Now it's like. Okay, so now I get to focus on that. But you know, getting that first script out was really nice, and it's interesting to see how each one has a different tone and tempo. Mm-hmm. So that one's like a nice intro. Now, do they link up each episode? Really? Oh no, no they're, they're all. They're all. The whole point of the podcast is really just um, folk tales and mythologies from other countries. Mm-hmm. So each one is very much its own right. story, and. Um, I was thinking of trying to figure. I, I figured I'm going to need to start to uh, decide on like how the music should be, and um, I'm trying to make sure that I book people who have were naturally from these countries mm-hmm. and have the right accent for mm-hmm. it. I don't want to just. I'm very careful about how I should sound. <laughs> don't want to just have anybody. It's not that I mind everybody's performance. It's like I really want people who are actually from Africa. <laughs> To read the story, not I just anybody. Of, uh, from Paul? Love and Lock. Yeah. Uh, but he was talking about their auditions they would get and say, please don't do an Australian accent. Yeah, not <laughs> Australian, like, just don't do it. Half of them would always be with Australian accents. I can't do an Australian accent, but I thought I'd do one anyway. It's just like, why? <laughs> just do the character. And it's like, I don't really like, I practice my African accent, and Lord knows. Nothing like Black Panther to make you sit around it. <laughs> and, and still, you're sitting there going, how many regions of Africa do we have on screen right now auditorily? But and it's fun to do, but I really want to make sure that I open up the space 
to people who are African and for whom these stories have real cultural meaning and connection. Because yeah. I think about so the first one is the cat who came in, and that's a just so story. And if you don't know what a just so story is, look it up. Uh, <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> and then I did the second one, and that one is the snake chief. And that's kind of in the vein of poor mother offers daughter to um, supernatural being she inadvertently offended, mm-hmm. you know, because she's hungry and taken from their garden or whatnot. And um, one of the interesting parts about adapting these folk tales is that they're great to read and then you consider the implications of saying them now. Yeah, right. And you're just like, ma'am, did you just offer your daughter <laughs> yeah. to like some strange like, giant snake without just like just like, look, I'm scared. Here, why don't yeah. I just go home and give you my daughter? <laughs> and you're just like, did you offer your daughter like she was a pie? What is <laughs> Okay. Let's change it up and mm-hmm. let's have a little bit more agency on the part of the daughter because right. she's really silent and let's give the the mother a little more decent <laughs> yes because <laughs> I hate to be mean but it's like mother <laughs> <laughs> what did you just do what did you do <laughs> you did what what <laughs> Daughter, I don't want to shock you, but I kind of offered you to a bear. I mean, how many... Or is it the, uh, you know, the uh, sending a son off to military school? Just, yeah, it's like I offered you as a wife to a random talking animal that, you know, kind of got mad at me for pulling berries. And, I just, and, and how often has that happened to us as parents? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at some point in your life. Always te- well, we've been tempted, put it that way. It's like, seriously. <laughs> list them or something, you know, eBay. You know, Owen, I'm sorry. Great personality. Uh, I'm gonna, we, I ran afoul of a talking pigeon. <laughs> he calls himself a pigeon prince, or she calls herself a pigeon princess. And she's looking for a husband, and you know what? She's like mad at me. I'm giving you. probably you. would, and you make it work. Like, yeah, I'd make it work out. You can but, yeah. whoever they are. He'll make friends out of them. So this one is actually much longer than the current one that I'm kind of stuck on that one. And it's, um, so you wait until you're kind of more ahead of the way before you start? Yeah, so I want to get at least six scripts mm-hmm. together. Makes the sense. goal is once a month to, to have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too much to get everything done and do everything else I'm doing, then I'll drop it to six, but it'll be, so it'll be bi-monthly. Um, and then, uh, but I have the, the list and then the idea is, is that each year, I mean, it's called Jelly, and it's actually an African word that's a griot, storyteller. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the point of the story is that it's a storyteller in a village. She's talking to two, to two kids, and she's bringing the first step of, of course, stories of Africa. And the goal is that the next year it's either stories from China, and then year after that would be Appalachia, mm-hmm. Appalachian Folk Tales, and each year is going to hopefully we have our artists who are from these countries, and also the music should be from people from these countries, so I want to be able to showcase not just the folk tales as they were read as they right. originally were written, mm-hmm. but kind of update them and make them more... And also that to show the actors performing them and then whatever, they have their own yeah. work that they do and things like that. Yeah. Them, which would be fantastic. 
So, I mean, I think you saw the first art piece. Yeah. You read the first story, and you saw the first promotional art mm-hmm. piece yeah, that's right. with the jelly that I shared. And that was actually not the, the pose I chose for the actual, um, but that one was one that she had sent, and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to use this as a promo bit, and then there's a couple more pieces, so I'll release those as they get closer. So the highlight definitely was getting uh, the first story completely like, written and feeling like I had it's to... happening. Yeah, it's real thing. Like, well, the beats in the story yeah. and the way how the language flowed, and I was like, yeah, and that's right. the more you do, the more it'll mm-hmm. build and adapt. And it, the, I think the, the one thing that's funny about it, which you would get, especially as a writer, is like each one is like you're really adapting somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make find a way to both be true to the story and make sure you're always... Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, so I'm pulling these folk tales, and it's like, um, for some people, they'd be like, well, aren't you just copying the story? And it's like, I'm actually not, because by the time I'm done with most of these stories, it's not that you can't see the original story in it. In some cases, I'm changing the characters' names. In some cases, I'm changing certain things. Like right now, for everyone who's ever read any Russian or um, European folk tales, where the princess is, of course, she's getting all these people she's trying to get married. They, they, they want to marry her. And it turns out, well, you know, the evil witch is, you know, giving her the ability to confound them and right. send them to their death. And this is one of those where, like, there's a couple of scenes where, like, oh, the, the, this, the friendly stranger who happens to be magically empowered who helps our hapless prince... It's like behind her beating her with a stick in a couple of days, and I'm like, yeah. So let's uh, let's see. We've got the girl that he's going to marry is actually kind of evil because she's sending young men to the doom, and we have guy beating her with a stick. I'm not, I'm not sure. gonna go this way. How does that work in 2019? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's okay for 1819, but for 2019, mm, yeah. let's not. It's a bit more relatable. So I had to change. More entertaining. Those. Make it a little less abusing. Well, like the, the part of history we don't like to know. And, and also changing motivations because mm-hmm. so many of them. Well, she's beautiful. I know she's in league right. with the evil witch. Right. <laughs> I'll just the save her by killing the witch. Yeah. She's still beautiful. I'm gonna marry her, even though technically, why am I marrying her? Because she's beautiful, even though she was okay. Wait, let me think about this. <laughs> and it just makes you question a lot of stuff. And I was like. Let's give our boy a little more agency. Let's make him a little more focused and make this a little less creepy. Mm-hmm. Kind of creepy. And uh, not not Disneyfy. Not Disneyfy. <laughs> it is not Disney. Somewhere in between the original. Uh, in yeah, this current, just more relatable. more relatable, mm-hmm. and then um, this is a, an Arabic Malay story mm-hmm. that I'm working on, and so I really focused on the culture, and I wanted to make sure that we had a strong parental relationship between the widowed uh, Sultan and his prince, because I also feel sometimes like a lot of the important parts of the male relationships in, in folk tales and fairy tales, mm-hmm. um, dude, you're kicking your son out the house to go find a bride I mean maybe a little more thought I'm just saying just like uh, it's it's not me. Beating with the stick. <laughs> yeah, and also with the beating of the stick but you, you know you want um, I wanted them to have a feeling of more connection mm-hmm. so that that was huge high point 
Uh, mine was, you know, as I was talking with Chris a little bit earlier, um, just I'm really fortunate to be ahead of the game as I am with Austin right now, where I've got season five done. I'm starting to think about future seasons and other shows and all this stuff. And that it's come down a lot of just, as you know, you guys doing a lot of work. It's never letting go, just always being on top of it the whole time. And even though I have the option now to kind of kick back a bit, and if I want to take a vacation from work. <laughs> Do people who work no. for themselves really take no. a vacation? Nope. <laughs> Um, I was talking about Sarah Ward that was earlier too. It's like, oh yeah, her work is like all over the place. Well, her work ethic like, just like encourages all of us to like, well, we got to be like that then because yeah, <laughs> you know, she's doing it, she's making it, it happen, and, and, and she teaches people how to do it. And like, I still I have her podcasting one hundred and one stuff. Mm-hmm. Signed up for that one. Oh, awesome! And all that, awesome. and I was like, okay. yeah, I'm going to download that to my phone so I can listen to that while I read I telling. Yeah, <laughs> sure that's good. Um. And just that, and then also now being able to put sound off to the Halo and that guys, I feel I feel fortunate that I know these people and all you guys are just everything together to have the option to do that. And oh yeah, I can, I'm consistently happy with where it's going, and it's a fun ride. Yeah, so so if you want to do podcasting, resources are important, mm-hmm. and resources don't just mean equipment. And talented friends. Yes, <laughs> suck up to the people that you Ooh, want to are musicians. Off of. Talented actors, have lots of equipment to use. <laughs> <laughs> Willing editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the place we're using here. Yes. The Austin Network Studios. My apartment clubhouse. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Next. Next. Is from yes. Derek. Derek. Um, how did you narratively decide on the original location for Lost in California? Is that just an area that some or all of you guys and gals are from and thus made the most sense to use as a starting scene? Pretty much. Um, well, I knew I wanted to do a fantasy type story. And with fantasy, you want to start by grounding yourself in something you know, and then you go to something alien and unknown. 
And so I started with, well, yeah, Bay Area, that's where I live and stuff like that. Let's go with that. And then I knew I wanted to set Ostia far away in the middle of nowhere, which I did. And it was also coincidental you guys happen to live here, which is yeah. weird, huh? Do you want to do that? I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's illicit and shiny. It's kind of like a clutch band. Do you have an outfit that fits? You no. Are, are you the Billy Porter? Because <laughs> yeah. I want to see. You a, can. I want to yeah. see. A I carry some clothing line. Well, he does have they, they did a special. He does have an outfit. They did a special. Uh, have a ball did you hear about? They did well. some special clothing line that they did a deal with the post office to do it. Mm-hmm. They they also told us we cannot wear this as our uniform stuff, but so that's what my wife got. My wife got me this. She's like, I think you can use this for something, and it's very cool. It's even down to the barcode. I don't know if it scans, but well, it's not a real number. Yeah, because they couldn't do that. I think you need to well down <laughs> some else for that, baby. So yeah, that's why I said it here was because I was familiar with it, but then I also wanted to push it somewhere weird. So I yeah. kind myself my life. But you guys also live here because we're friends and we live close by. Yeah, yes. So that helps too. Um, thank you, Dwayne. Derek. Derek. Yeah, thank you, Derek. Dwayne's later. <laughs> what's Chris's Where's process? What's Chris's process for writing music? What's my process for writing music? How do you do it? Yeah. How do you, how do you yeah. start? How do you start? That's a good question. Um, so I write my music with uh, software that uh, sounds like an orchestra, and I usually start off by playing with the piano sound mm-hmm. and try to find something, a chord change or a melody or something that I like, and then I ask myself, like, should it stay on piano, or should I uh, experiment with different uh, orchestra sounds and things like that? Uh, so. It's kind and of. Are you usually recording the whole time you're doing this? Too, mm, or just no. Um, I usually uh, play, and then if I, it's like a self jam. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And if I come across something that I like, then I'll, then I start uh-huh. saying, "Hey, okay," and then let me noodle around. So it's it's kind of noodling, but then refining, and then so you can um, get a piece that you think is good, starting to to go in the right direction. You say, oh, I kind of like that mm-hmm. a little bit, but I, I need to do more with it. So then I'll mix it down and put it on my phone. It used to be iPods or such, or Zooms, when they're big for that. Uh, and then I'll take it out in the car and like listen to it, and then it'll kind of oh, cool. build, you know, build on itself, and I'll go, okay, oh yeah, I really like that, and that part really sounds like shit. So I'm going to like Chris you know, is really gifted yeah. at just being able to hear stuff and then... Figure it out on the keyboard or whatever, right. play it right in the spot so you can literally hear that yeah. around your head. Yeah, and yeah. And then it's like you start uh, doing the copying and pasting like in your head when you're out and about. Mm-hmm. And so you come back mm-hmm. to the computer and you go, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the part. And then I'll do it again and then I'll mix that down. And then again, yeah, well, I really it's like how that's going. And that part is sounding more, more like shit. Let's you know? yeah. so take it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. exactly. Yeah, so it's just, it's a. That saxophone has got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the, what the heck was I thinking about saxophone? I'm the anti-woodwind. Yeah, right. I'm at uh, you know a deep uh, emotional moment there. Full Baker Street. So yeah, no, it's just it's refining, refining iteration. iteration. Now then, for like. Um, Particularly the season two music you did, that was right? Really that really instrumental stuff. Like, did you? Okay. You because that was like ten pieces you did or something like that. Yeah. Were they, cause they kind of felt a little similar in some ways. Were you kind of like right. putting on each of them, or did you want to like with each one where you're thinking of something completely new? I'd never done something like that before right. where I had multiple pieces that mm-hmm. were all for the same project in that kind of way. So I, I think the first one I just found something I liked, and then yeah, it, it definitely felt like okay, well I should do something 
that uses DNA from that. Right. Piece and then for the theme song, I yeah. remember we, we didn't we didn't have a th- you, we, I didn't tell you to write a theme song. Remember? Right. I said you do music. And I said one of these pieces will stand out. And yeah. Theme and song, which is be, why I right. right. That's yeah. Yep. Uh, is there a dream project you would like to work on? So this can be uh, for sure. Can be can be podcasting stuff, but for you it can be anything. A dream project that uh, I guess I would love to, you know, do a uh, score a a film like a, a mm. long oh, cool. long uh, feature movie. Yeah, feature. Yeah. That'd be cool. Okay. Okay. Do you know music? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking like blockbuster or sure whatever? Or, yeah, whatever, whatever it's. Alien, do you want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Alien. When Harry Sally, do you want? <laughs> Actually, I think, well, John Williams and then, uh-huh. uh, you know, Jerry Goldsmith, who did Alien. Yeah, okay. Think, well, those were two of my big heroes when I was, yeah. And I wish I had better training. I wish I, I, but you're talking about languages, and I love languages, too. I'm not fluent in any language other than English, but I can say a lot in a I can say a little bit in a lot of languages. And I always feel that about music too. Is like I never took it seriously enough at the time when it mattered. You know, like when, when my when concrete, concrete you still later. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then you grow up and your concrete hardens and then it's like, oh, you know, I should have learned that back then. You know, and then it's just it's well, it's always uh, hard, hard, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you keep you keep yeah. The, the concrete yeah. is always yeah. kind of wet. It doesn't yeah, appear that way. It appears like you had a really good. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah. But I guess maybe. You didn't know what you're doing. So yeah. You did yeah. something right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I uh, I really love music and enjoy it, and it's, it's going to be a lifelong hobby, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. You got a dream project? My dream project? Wow. Getting, getting jelly off the ground. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know me for a while, so it's like I have, like that, I have a, an anime project that I've been working on forever but honestly I'd like a good storm movie storm. like the perfect storm no <laughs> X-Men storm <Yeah>. okay <laughs> with a perfect storm no. Sharknado like like I I can't with almost every single X-Men movie <laughs> every single nearly every single one has been yeah. Cringy, right? I mean, I like Logan as a story, but it really is an X Men movie for mm-hmm. people who don't read comics. Right. It's gritty and real. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to be an assistant director on a story movie. Granted, I would even be like Holly Berry. <laughs> she wasn't bad. It's just like she <laughs> yeah. didn't have anything to do. Right, it was exactly. just dumb. If you see her in Wick Three, it's like I obviously think it was, she's underused. It's one of those things where it's like. Too powerful for those movies, so we can't really use her to her full potential because Professor—that's all she did. It's like, like uh, Saeed on Lost; he was just two steps smart for the island. So I was just like, you know, I would, but I would really like, mm-hmm. like, I would love to see a good storm movie, storm focused. And now that um, now that we've all had our hearts murdered by Avengers Endgame, and that phase is over, it'd be really cool if we could get like. A good X movie, and don't talk to me about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> that that one, I'm sure. Did it up? Yeah. Saw it? Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> I love that. I love that storyline. I'm a Chris Claremont X Men person, and I stopped seeing X Men movies somewhere around, like I think after Days of Future. No, after First Class, I was like, okay, maybe in a reboot. <laughs> this will. Have- 
maybe reboot will be right. And so I'm still waiting and waiting. <laughs> so I'm I'm holding out a lot of good job. You have other stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm still not disappointed by John Wick, but okay. oh, I could work on John Wick. <laughs> John Wick Four would be great. <laughs> uh, so this is from Dwayne. Was there a part of the storyline that was hard for you to record because of theme or just that you didn't think your character would do something? Oh, yeah. So you do Jake and you... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty hard for me to record that stuff about when Monica was manipulating Jake's brain. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, that was shitty. You're kind of a shitty girl. Oh, thank you. I didn't do it. She just... The character just did it. Yeah. Went down the screen. Yeah. Look at what you love. Yeah. Look she what you made. Did it for do. love. Ooh, look what you made. And she didn't know how she was getting it, so she was. I, I'm still mad. You got through it, and actually, Dwayne said, "Yeah, he wasn't sure about Monica, and after even after all that, he still cares for her." So I'm sorry, still mm-hmm. Monica still sucks. <laughs> I'm petty. <laughs> Hope she stubbed yeah. your toe. Nothing to. <laughs> Nothing? Uh, no. It was all easy? Well, uh, nothing more difficult than other parts that I can remember. Yeah. Wait till you get to season five. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was difficult for you for writing? For writing? Um, it's never been... Di- I mean, this is weird. I've, out of everything I've ever written, this is never... Uh, it's weird with this one because I've never had... Even when I've had scenes where, like, it was going to be a tough one, and then I sit down and write it, and it just, like... The characters just do their thing and I was like this is so great I never want to stop writing and everyone else came to end because this is much fun okay cool uh, next and then with Dave it's fun to use a bit of an English accent and <laughs> make it work make it work <laughs> make it so um what door so we have, we did this question years ago now about what door you'd like well actually this is more Jake or Monica to go through so you go first. What do you think? Uh, um, what door? Um, if they wanted a particular door, right? Because we did our own doors, as right? <laughs> I don't know. I need some time to think. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dave, what Dave want? This part we can have. Dave would probably want um, to go back to his to see his parents. They disappeared weirdly, and he doesn't really know why. And then he was all alone. Mm. So that's probably we want to go back and see them. Like Monica would just like a door out of here. Like <laughs> <laughs> <a> normalcy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I never. I don't feel like Monica disliked working for Ostium until she saw what a cluster it was going to work mm-hmm. turn into. And because I think, like anybody else who likes a challenge. This is this is definitely a challenge. I think the problem is what the fuck did I get myself into? And <laughs> I did not see this coming. How do I get? Mine so was good, but not this good. How the hell do I get out of it? I think I think she'd like to take that step back to her home, but I think that there's levels of complication with that because there's her time, and there's no Jake. Mm-hmm. So what now? So yeah. I think that's the that's the thing. That would be Monica's door. So I'll be weird and say <laughs> a revolving door. That doesn't actually <laughs> it doesn't actually go anywhere. It's just it's purely in the moment. It's in the 
you could go forever. You know, you're not going anywhere. You are where you are. Uh, oh, yeah. Think, it's like a kind of, yeah. It is a kind of. <laughs> it's a, it, it, you know, a med- just meditation. Jake just wants a trip. Right. Yeah. He just wants a brief He ride. just wants a wild ride. Yeah, yes, right. 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 He just doesn't so. want to be back in his cubicle. He's a, he's a real man. San Francisco. He's a real man. Wherever he lays his hat. Is his home. Oh yeah, I put this one in. What is the osteum network? Because I just wanted to clarify in case anyone's confused. So we've got osteum the town with mm-hmm. all of the doors that lead to wherever, which is also part of osteum. Mm-hmm. Then we have the osteum network, the company, entity, big evil corporation that invented this but system. Are they evil? If I get to write my 10 book sci fi series, you will learn how fucking evil they are. <laughs> um, so then that says that you got the Austin Network Corporation that invented the Austin time traveling door system. But then the website kind of also has the Austin Network of Podcasts now, where we have manifestations and Cersei and more to come if anyone wants to do other stuff too. So I just wanted to put that out there, clarify that. Clear it all out. Uh, Big evil corporation. Big evil corporation. Well, it's actually just the guy at the top that's the evil one. Mm-hmm. Which, if you remember, well, again, we can talk about this because season four is done, but he's kind of Jake, but evil Jake. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of Jake? <laughs> it's, it's a different Jake. You can't believe it. No, but I he did I voice should. his line, so yeah. it was you too. <laughs> Does he ever get to meet the fat man again, or did they get separated? Oh, and fat man. If you want to write a mid eighties, an Austin file with that, we could totally or or off little spin off short. You write it, and we'll do it. Or Elwood, the Blues Brothers, like you can get all the. No. no, we're not going to have all the jigs. All the jigs. The Giddis, the uh, Chinatown. Yeah. The two jigs. Yeah. All right, we're going to return. This is from... Okay, Dave. <laughs> have any of Team Ostium watched the 90s sci-fi show Sliders? Of course I've watched if Sliders. So, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm a major nerd. <laughs> I've watched all of Sliders at least twice. I've even watched it when we dropped it one. No, thank God. <laughs> girl needs girl needs to not own that. But uh, yeah, I even watched it when we got rid of the original. Um, I forgot what his name is, and and replaced him with his brother. <laughs> I was like, wow, we got the trading notes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I watched I watched all the sliders. The first two seasons are of course the best. It was always interesting to me that the crow mags were like eating our eyeballs. That was their delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see Sliders? No, I've seen bits and pieces, but okay. not really. Yeah, Sliders. Slide, but yes, I have watched Sliders. I have watched Quantum Leap. Basically, if there was anything slightly odd since I was five, I've probably watched it. <laughs> I have spent way more time being raised by television screens than I should have, which explains many things. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you watch I it? did not watch it. I'm aware of it. I what saw sliding, what? sliding Doors. <laughs> Eat the slider. Yeah. Sliding Doors is also a movie. Yes, it is. With Very different. With, with, with Paltrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you I know, made sliders. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's, movie. Oh, so it's, it's a 
Well, I think that you guys should have a little retro nerd night, and yeah, you should enjoy it. some okay. '90s sci-fi. Slide okay. Yeah, watch some sliders. <laughs> the first sliders. And the, the I have to say that the slide sliders is the first two seasons really are very good. So yeah, I do recommend them. And I don't know, some kid out there. Um, <laughs> that one and the Invisible Man. Yeah, I watched a lot of sci-fi back before they became siffy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 